here we yeah. go again. Oh yeah. Whew. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon, boys. Today mm-hmm. we got to recap last night's UFC. <laughs> 278, where a new champ has been crowned in the welterweight division. Cannot wait to get to that. Brandon has one of his world-famous facts don't care about your feelings. And per usual, all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts. But first, boys, how are we doing? Episode number 90 dos. 92. We are getting closer and closer to 100. Mm-hmm. It's creeping up, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited. I don't even know why. I think it'll just be a fun number to hit. Maybe we need to bring some of the former people back on, just do a huge episode. Yes. That That'd be, be cool. interesting. That would be interesting. That'd be a little just fun. Saying, yeah. That'd be nice. Boys, how are we doing? We have a very, very big um, thing going on today, I guess. Right. It's a special day mm-hmm. here on the Neon Belly podcast, and that is because... Today mm-hmm. is August 21st, which means Game of Thrones, yep. House of the Dragons <laughs> starts tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Best part of the day. I cannot be more excited. Yeah. I've literally, I mean, let's see. How long has Game of Thrones been off for? Like mm. three plus years. Yeah. Mm. So to have another Seems Game like of Thrones longer. back in our lives, I cannot think of any other reason why I would be excited for August 21st, mm-hmm. 2022. I'm pumped, boys. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. I know, Brandon, you're not there with the Game of Thrones. <laughs> no. That's fair. But for me and John, yeah, this is this is just as good as Super Bowl Sunday for us. It's big time. What do, you think, th- what do you think, John? I just hope the intro is as good as the original. Because <laughs> <laughs> once yeah. that starts building up and you start uh, moving through the town and stuff. Goosebumps, man. Yeah. Goosebumps. Pretty <laughs> excited. Yep. No, I'm just it, It's John's birthday. It's Sabelli's birthday, it's, it is. It is still the second best thing today. Yeah. How do you feel competing with Game of Thrones? Because you had no chance today. No. No, I mean, here's the thing. I am I pretty much told everybody that my little birthday cookout, like, hey, you know, this starts getting a little lengthy. <laughs> we got to wrap it up I'm at cut, 8. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting out because mom don't got HBO. Oh, gosh, dude. I've, like, I've already texted my family because we're all, my whole family's into it. I'm Good. like, where are we at? We're at we're, everybody's ready. Yeah. Everybody's pumped. So... Mm. We got to get through this. We episode. used to meet up to watch them yeah. over here, like the fights. Wow. Yeah. It was a, it's a big deal around these parts. It's intense. Yeah. It is intense. Wish you would have stuck around a little bit more. Yeah. It's but. like our like Star Wars or Star Trek. I yeah. Feel like. Yeah. We get a little nerdy over yeah. it. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this it's, dude has a whole serious. book of Dothraki over there. Yeah. I have the book of how to speak Dothraki right there. You can learn. Maybe we should do an episode. We you guys speak, <laughs> speak every the whole episode of Dothraki. Did you guys have an actually read the books? No. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I have heard from people that have read the books. Read the books. Do not read the books. So <laughs> I just want to get that clear. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah no, 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 boys. That's enough on that. We have got to get to UFC 278 mm-hmm. and beyond. But first, John, rate, sub, subscribe, uh, follow everything. Let the people know because it's your birthday. It's your job. Today. All right. The only thing I need from you guys for my birthday. Tell John happy birthday. How about that? Yeah. Get yeah. in the comments. Tell me that. But on top of that, if you have any friends or family or anybody within arm's length of you that has an iPhone. Be like, hey, man, let me see something real quick. I got to call somebody. Psych. Go on to Apple Podcasts. <laughs> give us a five-star there, review. There you go. Like we'll that. read it out. Um, on Spotify, you can give us five stars as well. Um, Instagram, Neon Belly Podcast. TikTok, Neon Belly Podcast. You know, we had a little hiccup, but we'll be back with the video content. So I'm very excited for that. And, yeah, just show us some love, man, and we'll show it back. I love it. I love it. Boys, let's get to it right off the top. <laughs> UFC 278. Headshot, bow, bow. Headshot, bow, bow. Pound for pound means nothing. Let's hit it again. Mm-hmm. Leon Edwards defeating Kamara Usman via fifth mm. round TKO. Literally 57 seconds left in the fight, boys. Fifth Ooh. round. Um, if this fight goes to a decision, Leon loses. Right. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, he only won round one of this fight. A round in which, let's talk about. I mean, we won't talk about it right now, but we'll get this out first. Not only did he win that first round, becomes the first man mm-hmm. in UFC history to take Kamara Usman down. I think, John, what'd they say? It's uh, like 61, 61 and 0. And 0. Or yeah. 0 and 61. Well, 61 yeah. and 0. He was undefeated right, right, right. in takedown. Yeah. So, or defenses. Well, however 61. you would word it. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
Leon's the first guy to do that off top. From Amazing. Like, trip. That's Ooh. a win right there. Even you had said last night, when's the last time Kamara Usman lost a round in the UFC? Mm-hmm. It's been a long Probably, maybe time. Maybe Colby. Maybe did he lose a round in there? Possibly. I don't, I'd have to Even then it was close. It was very yeah. close the whole time. There's never been a round where it's like, oh, he definitely did not win that round. Sure, 100%. But after that first round, lost every round. <laughs> Rounds yeah. two through four. And noticeably became more frustrated as the fight went on. Like like we were kind of talking about, and then it even became a discussion on the commentary was, it was like he was packing it in. I don't know broke. I just feel like maybe he had accepted he wasn't the better fighter, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, he didn't really ever seem mentally broke. I even said, too, he doesn't seem tired. I mean, no. it wasn't a cardio well, That's how you thing. get to the end of this fight. It, 100%. Yes, right. And then, obviously, with seconds left in that fifth round, another round where he was probably losing. Mm-hmm. He'd gotten taken down. Mm-hmm. Um, feints the left with the left hand, follows it up with the left head kick, and night, night, one more time to the Nigerian nightmare, <laughs> Kamara Usman. Uh, Leon Edwards becomes not only the welterweight champ of the world, but... The first man to knock out Kamara Usman. And when you look at the guys who Kamara Usman has beat, some of them the most punishing strikers in mm-hmm. the welterweight division. The fact that he did that is crazy in itself, that he knocked out Kamara Usman. How are you guys feeling next day? Because I know I could barely sleep last. Like, I, like, laid down in bed, and, like, my heart's just, like, still, don't, 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 don't. I'm like, how, what do I do now? Like, Ooh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's nuts. I mean. Let me say this. I think this podcast would have been better served, like, as a live reaction last night. Like, when these fights happen in these moments, like, yeah. it's like, because it's so hard to just, like, how do you dissect what we just saw? Like, like yeah. it, this is why we love this sport. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's just, you just... We spent the rounds two through four, like you said. We're just kind of watching this. Yeah, I wouldn't say snooze fest, but, I mean, it's pretty typical of Usman's just fights, dominant. right? Yeah. yeah. You, know, you, get, you know, it's getting late. It's like 1.30, and it's like, you know, there's a minute and a half left or so, and you're like, well, I mean, I wish... You know, Leon would have went for it a little bit more. And honestly, I pay a lot of tribute to his corner. I think they really put a foot Mm. in his butt, and he came out in that fifth and, you know, he set it up. I mean, most people have to kind of go crazy in that situation, but he stayed calm. Could have been to his downfall if that kick doesn't land, but instead we're sitting here talking about the guy who beat the pound for pound. I saw a video today. I want to say it was BT Sports, so if I'm wrong, sorry. But um, they took – the audio between every round of his corner and like put little clips, goosebumps. Yeah. Like when you see how this fight finished, when you go back and you watch that corner work between rounds, goosebumps, man. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's almost like emotional to think about, like when you know this guy's story too, first right. off and just, but he wanted to be, he wanted to prove right because fair game, Michael Bisping, first ever UK champion. Um, Leon's now the second Jamaican born first ever Jamaican born champion mm-hmm. in UFC history. But he wanted to show since many fights ago when he started, like people were taking him a little bit more seriously. He said, I want to prove you can come from the UK you can train here, you can live here, eat here, fight here, and be a world champion. And mother damn it, he did it. <laughs> yeah. He did it. Emphatically. And, like. Yeah. And, and, and like just the joy that I have was like, it's just, it, I mean, you just can't. I mean, we can get to Kamaru Usman, still a legend. Right. Nothing against him, but it's just so awesome to see that. But when you go back specifically, I mean, so much credit, like you said, to his team, his corner work. They knew. Leon they know how to talk to him they Mm -hmm. knew exactly how to coach him in those moments there was one point where he was like came to the stool head down and they're like no this is head and he just Mm -hmm. popped right back up and got his head up and I mean just just awesome to go back and watch if I think it was BT sports if I'm not mistaken try to go look that up but when you know how now like in hindsight the corner work was interesting to watch right Mm -hmm. but when you know what happened it just means so much more Mm -hmm. watching it now and I don't know if it was the fourth or the fifth round they went to Dean Thomas and he was like you want to know how you know a fighter's broke he's not making eye contact with the cornerman yeah. and his coaches and that's what's happening to Leon but and they, they just, knew it man they know their yeah. fighter and they knew exactly what to say and I mean like you said and like we were talking about earlier he wasn't tired yeah he I mean he defended a lot of takedowns even though he did get taken yeah down. he got up every single yeah. time for the yeah. most part and I don't know if it's a, a issue of Kamaro not being a submission threat, but made it a little bit easier mm, to get up point. because you don't have to worry about, sure. oh, if I give up my back, he's going to sink him in and choke me out. That's not what he does. He'll ride you and throw his ground and pound. So I think Leon took advantage of that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, even like his post fight, like the energy he was able to still 
exhumed during that. Like he's screaming, yelling, yeah. such an emotional moment. Yeah, just I just think, like I said, I I don't know. Broken would be the word. I just it's funny too because once again you get goosebumps going back and you listen to the audio. I watched it again today. Literally as he throws there. Like DC was like, you know, they were talking about he's done, he's packed, he's done, whatever. And John Anik was like, literally on cue, was like, but Leon Edwards is not cut from the cloth of a quitter. Bow! The head kick yeah. happens. I wish I should have queued up the audio. <sighs> just complete goose. I mean, this the timing from John Anik there was just phenomenal. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, like, like I said, like when you know, I just it's just so much. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I want to go to Brandon. That first round was interesting, right? For us, right off the bat, because mm. not only did he get the takedown, but largely controlled, looked very Defended. better on the ground. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, he gets that trip, which was very interesting in itself. Couldn't really tell if he just really was able to kind of catch Usman off guard or if that was just really a testament to um, Edwards's, you know, wrestling that he's been putting a lot of effort in. He's talking mm -hmm. about that, right? Yeah. What was interesting beyond that was once he got on top, I kind of expected Usman, the big, strong guy that he just is, to him off. just yeah. push him off, bench press off, something crazy, a little scramble. No. Edward was able to hold him there at will, um, transitioned to a gift wrap very nicely, took the back off of that very nice, like, very textbook jujitsu, um, and then locked in a body triangle directly off that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that's a testament to Edwards' jujitsu. It's mm -hmm. good. Like, he's mm -hmm. good on the ground. Yeah. Um, and nobody's ever done that to, to Usman. He didn't really have an answer off his back either. Like, he, he was stuck on bottom mount. He was stuck when Edwards had his back and um, till the end of the round. So Well, and you had said something because when he started really trying to sink in that rear naked choke from the back, Edwards, mm -hmm. and Usman was doing an okay job fighting, and you had said, by, by that point, the first round was like under yeah, a minute like left, seconds left, and you had said something, which I still like think today is like, yeah, he probably was right, is you said, if there was two minutes left, this would be this would be very interesting. He was getting yep. close to getting was, into the chin he, I mean, a couple times. he was times. stuck, man. Yeah. yeah, and like he really had Usman in a bad spot there. But Usman's a champ, man, and he rebounded that next round, looked very dominant, mm -hmm. and then really never let off the gas. But just that split second for that head kick, man, got – I mean, but I don't even want to call it that, man. It was just beautiful technique from yeah. Leon to feint that left. He probably made that read that, you know, Kamara was stepping off to that side with the – with the left hand and then just followed. I don't, it's just crazy. I, I think it really was this whole fight was kind of a, a, a picture of that mental battle that fighters go through. Yeah. Cause you see the defensive wrestling from Edwards in the first round on point beginning of the second round. It's pretty good, but midway through the second into the third, fourth and fifth, it really starts to fade. Like Same thing with his offense, his footwork, everything's fading. Sure. Um, so I think Edwards, he could have landed that head kick at any point in that fight. Good but point. It just started to, the chances of it landing decreased because I do think he was, I, again, I'm not going to say broken or anything like that, but he was fading in some facet. Um, but now he knows he can take the dude down, he can yeah. take his back, and he can knock him out. Yeah. So, and, and I think that um, you've seen Usman make a big, a big change from how he has been fighting everybody else. Sure. He wasn't playing with Leon very much standing up. No, he went back to the wrestling. He went back to the wrestling sure. heavily, and it's and it's smart because Leon was landing those kicks to the knee real early. Mm -hmm. You know, we know he has issues there, um, and I felt like Leon was getting off good shots. Um, and I don't know if, and, and kind of like a deja vu for Leon in the fifth round, he gets comfortable against Nate Diaz, gets caught with a right and gets wobbled. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably what happened with Usman. I got a minute left. I've been dogging this guy. Yeah. I'm the champ. And then one lean over. Well, and we talk about too, like getting that five round experience, like he did against a guy like Nate Diaz, who yeah. is a who's a veteran, durable. you know, and durable, yeah. But he probably took something from that, like, hey, I can't turn off in the fifth round. If anything, I need to get on more. Right. And like, who's to say in that moment that wasn't playing through his head, like, hey, he could be. T I know what it's like to turn off when you're winning a fight, you know, mm -hmm. and and just took full advantage of it. That's a great um, point. It just it when you get that five round experience, like like I said, we've talked about with so many fire. It's just so like. So important at this mm -hmm. level, I think. Um, but when you guys consider everything that was this fight between Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards, obviously the fact Usman won 15 straight going into this fight, almost tying Anderson Silva's mm, 16, 16 straight. Uh, he was a six-time champion. Yeah, a little close there, right? Mm -hmm. He was a six-time champion, pound-for-pound, number-one fighter in the UFC. Um, he had really entered a realm where we were getting very close to 
letting him pass GSP as the greatest welterweight of all time. This was obviously a rematch where Usman won the first fight. Um, Leon was clearly losing, like we had mentioned. Um, Even the commentary, like we said, had become a little negative, and rightfully so because, like we said, us from the couch were feeling pretty negative about Mm -hmm. where Leon was. So when you guys consider all of that, is this the greatest UFC knockout in title fight history? Yes. Be the the element of coming back, what do you had to get through to get to that? Yeah, the timing. I mean, last second. Um, it's the, that come from behind the composure yeah. it took to do that, like yeah. to come out of the corner after being dogged three rounds in a row. Like, yeah, I, that's how I feel. I feel like there's been there's been better title fights, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's been a better title like knockout, knockout. finish. Yeah. yeah, the the closest thing to me like that I can think of in terms of a knockout that really like kind of awestruck was the McGregor Aldo knock. That's oh, wow. The, See, mm. I thought Silva Weidman was another one. Yeah. The first fight. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one too. Um, that's yeah. why I want to say like respects to Aldo McGregor, which was a shocker respects to Silva Weidman was a shocker. It's like this one just, but yeah, when you throw in like the comfort behind aspect, like yeah. we said, like the story of this fight to the end. Yeah. yeah. You can't, can't pick it. I mean, yeah. and crazy. when's the last time somebody dodged Usman's power for a whole fight? Yeah. I mean, usually everybody's been getting like super rocked, and, and he he tagged him up yeah. a couple times. You know, it's just a. I mean, you can't you can't even like you said we can't even really put into full words how amazing it is for all these things to line up for that to happen. Right, and and I and and, and so kind of just moving past that because I, I just felt like that's a discussion a lot of people right. are having today in terms of like was that the greatest UFC knockout in title fight history, and it's like. It's hard not to look the recency bias, but like, yeah, when you do start thinking about some of the aspects, it might have been. I mean, just because it's crazy. But I also still don't want to remove Usman completely from the welterweight GOAT talk, which I feel like I've seen a lot of people already like, season. he wasn't the GOAT, we tried telling you. But remember, GSP got knocked out by Matt Sarah, came back and won. He was, I think, armbarred by Matt Hughes, Mm -hmm. came back and beat him as well. So, you know, he's still riding his career. I don't know how much he has left but you know make no mistake if he comes back and beats rocky or leon edwards say in london which would be massive the goat talk is back on like you know it's not and maybe even louder than before yeah well i think that there there's something to coming back yes um and there's all i think there was also something really too strongly going on this untouched run of you know passing anderson silva on that getting more title defenses because now you know can you take away kind of consecutive title defenses. You add more title fights still, too. So it, it becomes interesting, but I think it just added a wrinkle to where if he wins this and he wins like one more and he goes out, it becomes really hard right. not to give him he, at least not consideration. The, and he won't have the title defenses probably if he goes out in a couple more because GSP had 12. I think he's sitting at six, we said. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, there is something to say, like, when the guy is able to right his wrongs. Like, it does kind of add that element. Like, mm-hmm. we've kind of seen now with GSP over time. So. Yeah, but I don't know how I feel favor Usman in a rematch I mean that's a whole the whole other London. question right Ooh. especially if they do it in London yeah that's boys be out nut. There. Mm. Yeah. so and, and 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 on that you know there, there's not much need to try to spin this forward and because it's safe to say the trilogy fights on right it's going it has to happen um I, Usman came out he did say today um tweeted that you know like Chance champs f up sometimes mm-hmm. and he'll be back better than ever so no discuss no no worry there he's coming back he's not All done right. um I think Leon, you know, mentioned the Masvidal thing, if Masvidal were to win. But, you know, he recognizes as well that it's probably Usman uh, for the next, the trilogy fight. But (laughs) I would ask you guys to entertain an idea for me as well, because there's a guy who we just mentioned (laughs) named GSP, who's a very opportunistic guy, right? He's Mm. retired, obviously, but he also kind of likes to lurk in the background, and he might see a Leon Edwards as a very winnable fight. And this is kind of what he did to another UK champion named Michael Bisping, who won the middleweight title. So what I would like to, would you guys be shocked to see maybe GSP Mm. come out and throw his name into the mix? And I guess, do you think the inter- the UFC would really even entertain that over an Usman trilogy? I obviously understand Usman should be next. He has right. the full rights to be next, um, probably more so than any champ that's lost his title right. ever. The trilogy for him, he deserves it. But it's GSP, who is probably still to this day the bigger pay-per-view star, I would argue, and especially the bigger pay-per-view draw. Um, even more so than Usman. And I mean, you could put that fight in the UK, Canada, Vegas, and it's massive. Right. You know, it's it's going to do crazy. So I don't know. I just think like, what do you guys think about that? Because 
this is kind of what GSP's done before. <laughs> it, it, he has done it before, and it would be interesting, but I would be very disappointed if you pass on a chance to fight Usman yeah. and Habib, and then now just try to jump in like, oh, well, now I want to fight. You know, I, yeah. I I would feel a certain way about having those opportunities presented to you and you yeah. saying no and then wanting this one. But like you said, I mean, he's done it before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't – it'd be interesting because Leon – I mean, I didn't think anybody was going to be able to do what he did to Usman, and, and GSP hasn't fought for a long time. Sure. And you do still have Hamzat down there too, which you know they're pushing him hard. Oh, I don't I, think it'd be st- – go ahead. I thought you were going to say just because Leon and Hamzat were scheduled to fight, Originally, that that's what they were going to fast track Hamzat again in front of Usman, which that I can see more so than GSP. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. really. So you would see yeah. them do Hamzat before GSP? Oh yeah, really? I yeah. just don't. I, I, I still I, think GSP's. I mean, GSP is yeah. just the bigger star, though. I think and draw over. I, both well, I think it's weird guys. because too, because you also had Cejudo sitting out here talking about wanting to fight champions, and Dana said, "No, you're not yeah. just going to come in and get a title well, shot." But this is, I know Cejudo's not GSP, right? But I mean, GSP's like they're probably their biggest pay-per-view star of right. all time yeah you so, think gsp gets a crack before let's say mcgregor because he was over there talking about one i would say they're like 1a and 1b okay you know i i think they're kind of play on that same plane but it's just interesting like I, here's the thing this is all speculative i mean there's nothing that to suggest that right. gsp is going to come out you know if you Monday ask him no i don't know yeah, that. but and, if i would take that fight i would probably try yeah, to do this right right so it's like there's nothing to suggest that he's even thinking about that but I just could see, I mean, let's be honest, like Usman's a nightmare for a guy like GSP, I thought. That's why he kind of, I thought, never really came back to the welterweight division. Right. But he might look at a Leon and think like, eh, I might be able and to And for Leon, that would be a huge feather in the cap. Well, that's the thing too. Like too. Leon holds the he power now. He won't say now. no to that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He holds the power now as the champion. Now, there probably is, you know, the UFC could still force their hand, but it's just it's just an interesting yeah, guy. I mean, no, for sure. Just because he's done it before, right? Like, I wouldn't G- say no to it. GS- just not in either, Salt Lake City. But GSP, yeah. <laughs> it's tough because it's Usman, but I'm just saying GSP has jumped the line before. Right. So, mm. And he's always there lurking. Uh, but Oh, were you going to say something? No, the last time he fought Bisping, well, that was 17, right? Yeah, that didn't seem like that long ago. I think it was. Yeah. That's Might why I'm like, Jeez, that's yeah. crazy. But have you seen that guy? GSP? Yeah. Golly. I do got one quick thing. He looks thing. like in better shape now than he was in he fought. What's uh, I think it was Errol Hawani who tweeted that before this fight, Leon Edwards didn't know where Salt Lake City was, and now he'll <laughs> never forget it. That's awesome. That's how you. That's that's how we're going to move on. That's how you put Utah on the map, Yeah, baby. that's true. <laughs> Boys, our next fight, Paulo Costa defeating Luke Rockhold via unanimous decision. This fight was pure carnage. Yeah. Um, after a very dominant first round from Costa, uh, Rockhold was visibly spent between rounds. Um, he came out into round two with his hands on his knees. He even did that several times throughout the fight where he just like stopped and put his hands on his knees. I can't recall seeing a guy that gas um, off top. Not, since, not, not outside of heavyweight. Sure. I think Onama was pretty gassed yeah. last week. Um but he did this several times in the fight where you could just tell, like, I, I mean, he was done. But you got to give credit to him in respect yeah. to Rockhold because he could have, I mean, he could have got out of this fight at any point. Uh, and he, but he stayed dangerous the whole mm-hmm. time. And in the fight, you know, he could have quit. Like I said, uh, Rockhold, I mean, he even had Costa hurt a couple times, I feel like, late in the third round, like, mm-hmm. rocked him. <laughs> Brandon just died. I mean, this <laughs> fight was crazy. I just can't forget that the moment in the fight. I think uh, Costa. Costa hit him with like a mean, mean body kick, uh-huh. and and Rockhold does that like ah, yeah. just like does a whole turnaround. Oh, oh he punched the nose. Oh, yeah. the nose. Okay, he hit him in the nose, and he just like spun around. <laughs> like God, that hurt. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I mean, he, he was even in the third round. He was still cracking Costa. Yeah. He, I think Costa got to his back. Rockhold spun out of it, got into his guard. I mean, so rubbing he, blood all over his face. He's I rubbing mean, blood yeah. on his face. Proved the chin was still there. Yeah, because I mean, he, yeah. that was my biggest thing against him. But and, yeah, right. Yeah, for and I think for a lot of people, right. he proved he did have a chin because you got like a guy like Costa hit you like that. But <sighs> so much credit to Paulo Costa here. Um, and you know, for my money that I can recall at least today looked the, probably one of the best I think I've ever seen him um, in all aspects of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. I mean, he utilized everything here. Looked really good with the wrestling. Looked really good on top. Made weight. Uh, yeah, made weight. <laughs> yeah, it's I important. Mean, looked good on yeah. the scale. He did seem to gas a little bit there in the, in the third round, but they were at altitude. It was an issue all night long for a lot of people. So He's huge. He is, but no no concern there for me. I mean, he mm-hmm. was still still dangerous, still going forward. Um, 
so yeah, your guys' thoughts because I I feel like both of these guys you know come out looking really good. I mean, as crazy as the fight was, and maybe you could call it a little sloppy, mm-hmm. um, just because the cardio issues, especially with Rockhold. But man. It's just so tough when you're at that, that type of altitude and you're just not used to it. But you also see in the main event, it really wasn't an issue for either of those guys. Yeah, so, I, I, I think know. with with Rockhold's level of skill, if he if his body didn't fail him out, and whether it's his nose breaking, we thought maybe it could be a rib. Yeah, his cardio just kind of went out on him, yeah. but he was still landing big shots, still looked good on the ground. Like he yeah. he wasn't out of his wits in any of those places. But I just think his body's kind of failed him at this point. Right. And for Costa, I mean, to keep pushing through and keep on landing big shots and then eating some and then coming back. Like yeah. he, like I said, when we were watching it, he doesn't have very good strike defense. He gets hit a lot. Mm-hmm. But to be able to even come back from those, because some of those kicks and punches that he took, people don't really take well from Rockhold either. Yeah. So I thought it was a really good showing for both of them. Um, yeah, that's how I felt about yeah, it. Yeah, man, this is the Costa that I was we've been missing, I feel like, especially in the Vittori fight. You know, it's hard to say with Izzy because he looked hot, like how everybody does in front of Izzy. Um, hesitant, mm-hmm. gnarly, wanting to let his hands go. But in this fight, he kind of showed why he got to where he was yeah. in that you know initial mm-hmm. title fight. So hopefully, he can kind of keep this pace going and and let his hands go a little more likely like he has, or like he did in this fight. Because I, like I said, I feel like that's what we were missing the last two from him. So yeah, and you know now Costa is in this kind of interesting no man's land because all the guys ranked above him are booked. A lot of the guys ranked ranked below him, excuse me, are booked. So I think a guy like him is probably going to have to sit for a minute and just see how everything shakes out. What, were you going to say something? That was the last fight on his contract. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's a free agent. In the post fight, because Jake Paul had tweeted, like, oh, that was an embarrassing fight. It was a shoot fight. Yeah, I saw that. And he basically said, well, tell him to send a contract, basically, because I'm a free agent now. He said he's not, like, necessarily married to it, but he also did say, boxers are making the more money, da-da-da-da. Sure. Him boxing Jake Paul would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be <laughs> the lead fun. up, even in the fight, because you know Paul Costa talks to people. He does his little, oh, that didn't hurt. Like, yeah, that would be interesting. But it is interesting for him to be out at contract now. Yeah, but he, I mean, then there's no fights for him, so he can hold out for a while. Because mm-hmm. like I said, everybody's booked right now at 85. You know, there's maybe a guy like a Darren Till. I don't know what his yeah. timetable to come back, but he's obviously not super booked right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he would want to come back against a guy like Costa or not, but, you know, that is there. Uh, but, you know, for Rockhold, uh, he definitely seemed to retire there in the cage. Yeah. He said he was just old, couldn't do it anymore. Um, but, man, if I don't know if that was just – uh, in the moment type thing and maybe he, but if he w- wants to go back and decide like hey that was just kind of reactionary i feel like there's still something there man right. i mean obviously the cardio didn't look great um mm. but like we discussed it was an issue for a lot of people right. you know um which maybe you can you know go at him a little bit for his preparation for it like you know they said leon who we said cardio looked good slept in like a deprivation or you elevation, know, el- elevation tank, tank i yeah. mean um, or you know, two, were there two three weeks early right usman obviously trains in colorado so you know mm-hmm. elevation not an issue but so sure you could you could give him some slack there but he came back after three years and just faced not only a the number six ranked guy in the world but a guy that's fought for the title recently mm-hmm. and looked competitive right so I just feel I had moments. Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to understate the fact that it didn't look great a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, but he stayed in the fight, man. He's he's really tough, and and it'll be interesting to see if he if he commits that retirement or maybe decides like because like I said last night, go fight the number fifteen guy. You're mm-hmm. unranked. I mean, technically, right. you know, go fight the a more winnable. Maybe uh, you run back Weidman when he comes back. Or yeah, something. I mean, there's that so guy's many, gonna need a fight. Sure, there's there's just different options. You yeah, know, for there, Paulo, like. maybe since there isn't as many fights for him at eighty five. Why don't you go up to two hundred five? There's plenty of guys in that. I'd love to see it, but I I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. No. I th- I just think he's committed to that. I would love to see like him in like a Jimmy Crute or something at two hundred five. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Boys, our next fight: Marab Dwalashwili defeating Jose Aldo Jr. via unanimous decision, twenty nine twenty eight on two judges scorecards, thirty twenty seven on the other. While I did not see a 30-27, I said 29-28. Um, I just think, ultimately, the pace and the output is what carried Marab to a mm-hmm. win here. I told you guys last night, I still feel that way today. I think Jose is going to watch this one back and probably be kicking himself a little bit because I think he did let Marab off the hook there um, a little bit. Um, really close fight the first two rounds, I thought really both rounds could have kind of went either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, the ju- judges saw it the way of Marab. What are you guys thinking? 
thoughts on the fight. Well, so for okay, so for me, I was actually thinking about this while we watched mm-hmm. it was because it was so close, right? Like there wasn't like the rounds. It wasn't like Marab yeah. necessarily stole any rounds. The third one, yeah, I think was more so his, but clearly Aldo sure. was kind of coasting on that one. Yes. Um. So before that. Excuse me. I, I I think there was two components that really drove that home for me. That, that Marab kind of came out the, on the winning side, and that was the idea of octagon control and aggression. Because mm-hmm. to me, he was constantly the one kind of backing Aldo up. Yes. And Aldo's biggest strikes, he had them, but they were predominantly counter strikes mm-hmm. when Marab was coming inside. Right. Mm-hmm. Still strikes landing for Aldo, but that whole fight, Marab was the one pushing the pace, and he was the one cutting off the center of the octagon, controlling the space around them. And then you got to go, you know, tit for tat in terms sure. of who was landing what. And you had the however many millions of takedown attempts yeah. that Marab shot, defended all sure. by Aldo. Mm-hmm. But that's still, it, the way I look at that is that's aggression by Marab, defended well by Aldo. And especially when Aldo wasn't giving much at a lot of times. He was landing. I thought Aldo was landing what bigger, seemed to be the bigger, more significant, like sharper strikes. Some of those leg kicks. But he just was like, just content with just kind mm-hmm. of absorbing, absorbing, and but just not really attempting much in terms of offense. And I just, I think that just played into his downfall and, and cost him a fight that I think he could have won. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's the most disappointing part for me, not only just as an Aldo fan, but as somebody who was excited about this matchup. Because if you would have told me that Marab doesn't get a takedown and he still wins. Yeah, you would have thought. I would have thought, and Aldo outstruck him. Sure. But it's just the way that the fight went, especially that third round. Because, I mean, obviously one judge giving him 30-27, I don't know if you changed that judge's mind. But mm-hmm. with those first two rounds being so, you know, kind of close and nobody having big moments but it depending on how you look at it you scored a different way i do think the third round i don't, I don't know what mm-hmm. although maybe it was the elevation maybe it just wasn't his day and his head wasn't in it interesting he had a <clears throat> they'd kind of talked about too he didn't go to that traditional more boxing heavy um style he kind of went back to that like light on his front foot muay thai style mm-hmm. um so i don't know man and they had said too like i think he's gonna look to kick more which is why he did that which would make sense probably going against a wrestler like marab kind of slow down a guy that's gonna come at mm-hmm. you a lot but he let like two or three off early and this never did it yeah. again and they were big ones too yeah. um and it's just like but that's kind of like when jose all those downfall started was it's so clear that it's when his leg kick stopped Mm -hmm. and we and that's been talked about that's nothing new that we're talking about here and it's just like i just don't understand where that like i mean i don't know if it's an injury that may be undisclosed that he's and just can't Mm -hmm. you know um but man even in that first round i thought when he let those couple go i mean they were nasty (laughs) when do you think he when do you think he stopped throwing them it was sometime at 45, like really after the mcgregor fight i thought like i'd have to go back but there was clearly a point and and then really didn't. Start. He brought him back for Pedro because I remember yeah, he, he hurt Pedro early yeah. with those. He didn't land a couple big ones, but I thought when he went to that more boxing, obviously he worked with the Brazilian Marines, mm-hmm. like he had talked about. Um, I thought when he went to that boxing, like we've seen in his last couple, it looked really good, but right. did not go to it at all last night. But I don't know, man. Yeah, it it's it? it's it's a little bit more disappointing that you know that he could have won it. Yeah, if he goes, but yeah. he didn't, and so I mean, I imagine that's even more disappointing for him when he goes back and watch it because this was his last, yeah, probably his last hoorah yeah, going for shot. it. And like even like in thinking about his last fights, like man, when he was doing that box, like he was Rob coming Font? forward and just like Jeez. shoulder rolls and like just yeah. faints and like there was just none of that, man, just mm-hmm. none of it. Um, but nonetheless, that's eight straight for Marab Dwalishwili. He beats the number three ranked guy in the world. Obviously, his teammate Aljamain Sterling is sitting there with the belt, so I don't think. He's in a super rush to get to that title shot mm-hmm. right now. I know they've talked about one of them going up, one of them going down. So he could definitely just sit back now, maybe see how Aljo Dillashaw goes in October. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Dillashaw wins. He makes his claim for it. Or you could just definitely sign me up for Marab versus Cheeto right now. Number Ooh, one contender. Yeah. Yeah. I am here for it. That, that would be crazy. Because they're both psychos. Gosh, mm. yeah. Just freaky freaks that, yeah, I just want to see that. One's going to pull up with the dagger, and the other one's going to pull up with some hands <laughs> on, and yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And they're just going to, like, hit hit it and, like, just slam on the gas pedal and crash into each other over and over. And I'm yeah. here for that. Yeah. So, to me, if you want a clear-cut number one contender, I know San Hagen and um, – Song Yudong, right? Song Yudong. Yeah, that's, that's in that, September. There's a case there for number one contender. However, you I have Yan and Sean. Yeah, yeah, but I just think for some fresh blood, man, if you want to create a nice number one contender, Cheeto and Marab would be interesting. Yeah, I love that. Um, let me just uh, throw something out here, um, and I'm pulling a John here, um, right? Where you just kind of randomly throw 
your favorite fighter into any discussion. Sure. Um, <laughs> that's the way to do it. <laughs> but Are you a Marab's, fan or no? Real quick before we move on, though. Marab's last loss was Ricky Simone. Mm. Um, and uh, I just say that because we try to tell these people on this podcast all the time how good we think Ricky Simone mm-hmm. is and how high his ceiling is. And this is just an example. And Ricky, please email us back. We'd love to talk to you for a Matt Talk episode. <laughs> Moving on, boys. <laughs> Tyson Pedro <laughs> defeating <laughs> Harry Hunsucker via... First round TKO. Not a lot to talk about here, which is a good thing for Tyson Pedro. Flawless victory. I don't even know if Hunsucker landed anything, if I recall. <laughs> um, just a nasty front kick to the body that drops Hunsucker. Said he was two for four. Okay, there you go. Two um, of those were le- oh, they were both leg kicks. So yeah, and that's uh, <laughs> moves Tyson Pedro to two in a row, I believe, if I'm correct. Back to back wins for him. You know, we had kind of talked about the first two fights on this card. I'm not even going to discuss the women's fight. Um, I thought it was a good win for the, um, I cannot remember. Pudilova? Yeah. But I had some, I probably have some like not nice things to say about that fight. So I'm just not going to say them here. Right. Um, just in terms of the quality of, yeah. of, and I feel like when you're having us pay $75 um, for a pay-per-view, which we already pay monthly for this place to throw a fight like that on a pay-per-view where you've got like a Romanov or something. It has nothing to do obviously with the fact that they're women, but there's a quality to mm-hmm. fighters. And to me that just, it just was, I mean, I respect both of those women for going out there and doing that. Don't get me wrong, but not to me a pay-per-view quality fight. Ouch. No. One of them was making their debut and the other one was one in four. So it, it just, it, yeah. Like, Should have gave Nate my slot today. I, I mean, but dude, we're paying, we're paying for, yeah. I mean, but we're paying for right. this. No, you know I what I mean? That's what it's makes like, me nervous about 279. I mean, it just, yeah, but like. I mean, that card, they still say they're building. So we'll see. That's to to remain to be seen. They got to get going on it because it's coming up. But it's just to me, like, I don't know. When when you've got um, a girl making her debut, the other girl's one or one one, three, running three like in her last four. It's like, to me, this screams like regional. Like, this wouldn't even be a main event on a regional show. Right. You know, like, like Uncle Mark's not putting this as the main event of Coliseum Combat. 78 you know what i mean right like, and like you still it, had some names on the undercard that you could have moved up for that sure sure and i'm not like i said don't not discrediting both of those women talent are talented great fighters i'm sure but not ufc pay-per-view quality in my opinion so mm-hmm. just move and i'm gonna waste time talking about it <laughs> so when you see four front headlock takedowns like it's yeah. like it just that you know you don't see that at the high even in the women's division you don't necessarily always see that at the highest level when you typically do it's like early prelim type fights yeah. where the women usually can get those like i don't know yeah i don't want to go too much into that stuff but nonetheless any other results uh the romanov uh fight maybe that we yeah. want to talk about before we move Tiberian on romanov romanov the first round uh takes him down sl- picks up Tiberian and slams him twice yeah um rides really well um he landed some big shots but round two comes out and it's a whole different person he's yeah. gassed um he's not able to keep up with Tiberian. I don't, I don't but the way he was lifting him up and slamming him too wasn't like very economic yeah. for his energy. <laughs> yeah. He was just like big boy and like not even dipping down, like almost all arms and back. Um, and Romanov was 16 and 0. That was a huge one. But Tibera has been so battle tested. I mean, he's fought everybody. And I think he had a really, really good showing for himself um, and should get a good fight now um, against a good re- uh, ranked guy. Yeah. Do, do you feel like that kind of gassing you're talking about for um, not Tibera, Romanov? Romanov. Um, kind of helps plead Rockhold's case to the cardio issue. I mean, it happened the whole card. Uh, yeah, I think it yeah. happened early on. Yeah, as well. I, I think um, uh, the card under that Leandro Santos. He's another one who started out good in the first round. Yeah, faded really bad. Yeah. Um, wasn't able to get to takedowns in that. Um, is it Jared Gordon that he fought? Yeah, Jared yeah. Gordon. Jared Gordon put a pace on him that he just couldn't. Yeah, couldn't deal with. And I think that was a little bit of this whole card. Gotcha. And that's why I say too, like credit to Leon and Usman. <clears throat> you know, you can just see that difference in preparation and 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 making sure all your eyes are dotted and T's are crossed when it comes to it. Because it was not an issue for either of those guys, and nothing's worse than when that cardio plays a factor into a, a big title fight like that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on, boys, Brandon, update us on our scores from UFC two seventy eight. I need you boys to keep up. Pulling a Gordon Oh, Ryan my gosh. Yeah, so. you did the le- – I completely forgot. Yeah. Brandon, even cannot miss right now. So um, – Picked Leon. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, so got Leon point there, point for Costa, and I got three for Marab. So I came yeah. over with five points. Nice. So in last place, we have John with 53. Right, Nate, right. you have 60, 60, and I have 70. Hey, I will respect it. You took a risk. Second. You took yeah. a risk on the Leon, and there is – Respect for that. I will yeah. give it to you. Uh, Brandon, you have requested 
backs don't care after the news, yes. which is an interesting request from me. We have never heard this. Literally before we hit record, he requested it. So we are gonna, we are gonna heed to his request and move into the news, John. We're going yeah. on the news. Mm. We're going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All right, fellas, we're gonna start things off with a couple results from outside the UFC. Michael Perry defeating Michael Page and bare knuckle. Uh, it went to five rounds and they had to do a sudden victory round where you saw Perry actually drop Michael Page. Um, also happening, Kayla Harrison going moving to real quick, real quick. Hold on, hold on. So with that bare knuckle thing, I know we had kind of talked about that, and, and like one thing I think we're seeing is a lot of guys that are just going, like MMA guys mm-hmm. that are just going into bare knuckle because oh, it's just the striking Chad aspect. Mendes, all, yeah, but like, but like none of these MMA guys that go in win their first fight. Some mm-hmm. of them win their second, but there is just like a skill to bare knuckle, and I, I just want to say like because I think I think bare knuckle kind of has this like barbaric Stigma. like yeah where it's like oh these guys are less than they're not quality you know it's like kind of like f1 to nascar right you mm-hmm. know for me yeah. um but <laughs> different level of skill yeah <laughs> but but there there is a skill to it mm-hmm. and, and i just want to say like i i think there is a like i said when it comes to bear not to assume that you can just walk in and you're going to beat these guys that have even just three four five fight experience it's, it's not it's different man mm-hmm. and, and not having gloves and the, the way you do yeah. defense is so much different but i, I can't even recall like going back all the way to Joe Riggs. Shout out to that. Mm-hmm. There's a name drop for you. Yeah. Who, when he made his bare knuckle debut, I believe lost. Like I just cannot recall an MMA fighter that went and won um, his bare his or her bare think, knuckle I debut. I think Chris Lytle did. Maybe yeah, that's a good shout. I think you're right about that. Um, He's there, also a boxing centric fighter too. Yeah, so that kind of helps. Well, and there's been a couple times where like they've matched up two MMA fighters. So like I think Rachel Ostovich and Paige Van Zandt mm-hmm. was like their first. So like that that's like kind of the asterisk or the exception, but. Let's put a little respect on bare knuckle because yeah. there there is a skill and a talent to it, and it's it's not just striking. Melvin Gillard did not look good. <laughs> no. He hasn't looked good in MMA either. But yeah, did either of you watch the Venom and Perry fight? I have not. I seen clips. I didn't well, watch the whole thing. I mean, Perry was, was. I heard it was close. Yeah, it was. A lot of people thought Page won in the first yeah. five rounds before they went to the sudden death, but Perry pushed through the sudden death. But Michael Page did kind of what he usually does: sideward stance. You know, jab out, jab out, maybe throw a big hand over. But I just think there's something different to the way you have to do things with no gloves, yeah, and not break your hand and and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, also, like I was saying, Kay- Kayla Harrison moving on to 15 and 0, advancing for her third straight million dollar PFL final, winning by uh, submission. Run Brazilians run. Yeah. I don't, I, <laughs> Did you hear her post fight? No. She said, like, talking about if the three Brazilians want to quit running, I'll prove I'm the best. So that's Cyborg Nunes. Yeah, and um. Who's the I don't know one? who the other one yeah, would be. I can't remember. I hope they make the cyborg thing happen. I, I think it's the girl she's facing. Oh, yeah. She's already PFL. beat that girl twice. Yeah, I think it's the girl she's that's facing. What, that's what makes it so tough for her. She keeps on winning, but you're yeah. about to beat a girl for a million dollars you beat twice. So Stacking the mims, boy. Right. Um, just to stick with results, last night, Alexander Usyk beating uh, Anthony Joshua in boxing for the second time. heard there's a little interesting post-fight moment there where Joshua just yeah. like grabbed the mic, and it's... It's pr- was pretty cringy. For well, he like left. He left the ring. Comes back. Says, you know. Well, he says, all right. He, you know, he's a good fighter. Give him his respect. He leaves. Then he um, comes back in there and grabs a mic and goes on this whole like, you know, I'm the new era of boxer, Mike Tyson and so and so. You know, they're all right, but I'm I'm 118 kilos. Yeah, or whatever yeah. He was like, he's 13. I'm, I'm 18 like, I, or something. Yeah. He just went on this weird, weird like I'm the best guy, and I was like, man, you just lost twice to a cruiserweight. Yeah. And I now, saw like a training partner of his did like a post. He was on like a Sky Sports post fight, and he like mm-hmm. apologized. He's like, you know, like this is not. It's not a good look. Well, Hawani tweeted out that, hey, leave him alone. He just put uh, Usyk, Usyk over. over. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, with For Usyk now, he has uh, three of the four belts. Nobody has ever owned all four belts. And the only other person who has a belt right now is Tyson Fury. Yeah. Who he called out. Tyson Fury has since tweeted basically saying he wants it. So that's probably oh, the big. Oh, he did respond. Yeah. Oh, nice. He said Gypsy King is back. Bring out the checkbook, essentially. That would be fun. Yeah. So how, how much does this Usyk guy weigh? He's um, smaller, I will say. He, he was a cruiserweight, so right under heavyweight. Yeah. But he he, so, bu- he bulked up for this fight. I don't know what fight. that would be, like 220? Um, they're, they're such a weird. I think 185 or 190 is their cruiserweight. What's, didn't Tyson fight at like 250? Tyson will probably kill him. 240? I don't even know if it'll be close. I want to see it because um, I think 
Usyk just keeps winning. Weirdly, like he's just kind he's of just so good. He is he's really quick. good. Yeah, he's fast. But he's a dog. Man. But I think Tyson Fury just hits like a Mack truck. Like, yeah, it. I mean, it's the biggest fight you can make right now. The thing about Fury too, he doesn't even just hit. I mean, he's massive, but he moves. The way he moves mm. is just well, in his gamesmanship, like he leans on people. Yeah. He does little short punches yeah. where it's like he's just a crafty guy. So good. So that's it for results. I got some pretty sweet uh, fight announcements. Um, we got. Um, Jorginho Rosenstrike and Chris Dacus getting added to October 1st. John, we got to stop with the Chris Dacus stuff, man. I, look, they brought it up. It's heavyweight, man. We don't need to talk about it on this yeah, podcast. we got to bring though. them guys up. It's not a big deal. Uh, Hanito Mokano and Brad Riddell going on 281. Hold on, Hanito. hold on. Are you, are you, are you what did you say? Hanito? Yeah. Who? Hanito. I really don't know who you're talking Moicano. about. Moicano. Oh, Honato Moicano. Okay. I was, no, I was going to say with the Chris Dawkins, are you trying to tell us you have a new uh, no. uh, Lonely Heart Boy pick? No, it's just okay. he was a big name at one point, right. and now All people right. are just kind of throwing him against everybody. He's, right. But Moicano and Brad Riddell added a 281. <laughs> where did you get Hanito from Hanato? I mean, tomato, tomato. I didn't know where you, you got the eye. I need to know where you saw the eye in there. I didn't. I was just reading. <laughs> we got Robbie Lawler and Santiago Ponzinibbio being added to 282. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be one you don't want to don't want to blink on. Um, Dominique Reyes and Ryan Spann being added to 281 in New York. Good one for Ryan Spann. Yeah, yeah. It was good look to see if uh, Reyes can get back on that train. And then everybody's favorite welterweight Tony Ferguson. Yeah, fighting my go. boy Lee G. Leong. Yeah, the leech baby. I'm ready for that. I'll be honest. <laughs> they I, look like they're like. <laughs> Three different weight classes. When you Tony looks big, man. Yeah, I'd have to see how they look. He's bulked up. Yeah, other. he's bulked up. But man, I'm. Does telling he have you, Instagram? Yeah, I haven't. Seen, I was trying to look at it. Yeah, when we. It's as interesting that. as you think it'd be. Well, I couldn't. <laughs> find, I was trying to because I knew he posted that picture of him. Yeah, it's big like I think it's like Ferguson NXT or look, something. Oh yeah, God. but he 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 looks pretty big. But man, I'm telling you, the leech is no joke. I like the leech in that one. And then there's also rumors of them trying to put together Stephen Thompson and Kevin Holland for 281. Yeah, that'd be fun. And then there's also rumors of Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal. So once well, if both of those get confirmed, those are two really, really cool, good yeah, fights. Yeah, sure. Um, I also want to talk about, and I sent this to you guys earlier, 17-year-old signing with Dana White's Contender Series. Mm-hmm. Raul Rosa Jr. plans to make his UFC history as the youngest to compete in the UFC, surpassing Chase Hooper. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not, so he's not a legal adult? No. And I don't know if he'll be he'll be 18 by the time he actually fights. He just signed the contract. He, interesting. He looks Hawaiian. I think in Hawaii you're legal at like eight. Yeah. You're just considered Max Holloway's adult. probably been yeah. doing them for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, we got to talk about Shane Burgos. Um, yeah. His contract was up. He decides to go to PFL saying, I'm going to be a multimillionaire. Believe it. A uh, big move for him. Dana White even going as far as to come out and basically saying they messed up. Mm-hmm. He's saying, do I think Shane Burgos is going to move on and be a world champion and all this? No, but he's fun. I like the guy that I like the guys that come out and they bring it every single fight. We're not perfect and we don't F up often, but we definitely F'd up. Yeah, and credit to Dana there, man, to admit that they kind of let that one slip through the crack. You know, guys do leave the UFC on wins. I mean, we have seen it happen like with your Corey Andersons and some people that we've talked about in the past, but to see a guy like Shane Burgos leave the UFC on a win who, like Dana said there, he's a fun fighter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's his style, like, yeah, Dana doesn't let guys like that go, typically. You know, yeah. if, if you, I mean, you can be a fun fighter and have like four or five losses in a row and you're going to keep getting fights because that's what Dana likes. So, I like that he admitted that at least. I think it gives a little clarity because I know like his fans, it's like, what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you let that guy go? Like, you do know you, what I mean? Do you guys feel like when he admits something like that, it gives a little more credit to some of the stuff he says when people ask him about like let goes and things? It's or, interesting. I yeah. mean, that, I think, I think it's fair to give him that credit. You know what I mean? To, like, mm-hmm. you, if you're going to, you know, it'd be tough to critique him, you know, agree with him when he's being honest or we feel like he is. But yeah. then, you know, I just think sometimes you can tell. And, like, I feel like from what we heard from Burgos and then him admitting it, I think that probably is the truth. You know, mm-hmm. it's where you get conflicting on both sides. Like, maybe the fighter says something and Dana says mm-hmm. something where you don't really know who to believe sometimes. Right. But based off of what they both said, it does seem like they just completely, you know, Burgos was like, I know my worth. They just undervalued me. And then Dana's like, yeah, we undervalued mm-hmm. you. So, or somebody did. I mean, mm-hmm. He's not taking rap for it, but he's, you know, as the company head. 
just said, yeah, he just said we. Yeah. yeah. So I think he'll take the the rap. But yeah, to see a guy like that go though, I mean, that just never happens. Yeah. And I'm excited to see him in PFL. I mean, UFC guys shot, haven't had man. a great run, but he's he's got fresh. a shot. Yeah, he's got a shot. I mean, the PFL is tough, man. There's some good mm-hmm. talent over there. I mean, look at some of these guys like Rory and Pettis that have gone and just guys with bigger names. Yeah, later in their career, but it's not easy, man. Yeah. It's in that tournament bracket style is it's tough man i mean and good for him for betting on himself you yeah know, you pull this off here a million you know you make a million dollars yeah and you know i think pfl only signs for a season so right. you know who's to say he doesn't go win the million dollars win the pfl belt the ufc can come back bring with him some back. leverage yeah i don't know a ton about pfl setup setup do those guys make money if they like so if you don't win oh yeah you still get yeah, you like, still get show. fight pay yeah so you get a million dollars is just and a reward. Then you're guaranteed, like, well, how many fights would you, are you? I think it's for a season. You're four guaranteed. Five. Four. Yeah, don't quote me on that. I want to say if you win, yeah. I think. No, 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 no. You, oh, get, you period. Still, yeah, even when you're okay. out, like if you don't qualify, because like, interesting. Have you go ahead? And no, because like some guys will lose their first like two fights, and then they know they're not going to qualify for the playoffs, but they still fight. Mm, so okay. because they could be scheduled against a guy that's still trying to get into the playoffs. You guys know how much those guys are making? I don't. Mm-hmm. Do not, but I mean, you don't see them complaining. No. That's why I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I thought this this was pretty interesting. Uh, Dana White said on Patty Pimlet's weight that we know that fluctuating and cutting that much weight is very bad, and it definitely doesn't prolong your career. It hurts us, too. We have to be very specific when we plan fights for him because we know he's nowhere close to his weight. Yeah, Paula Costa challenged him to like a cake eating contest in his post fight <laughs> yeah. or something. What do he say? Something about a, a candy eating or cake eating? I yeah. Um, but I, I mentioned that because also I mentioned to you guys that last week Tyson Nam got um, mm. a, a violated by the commission for um, gaining too much weight. Mm-hmm. I think you can only gain up to. Before the fight, right? No, yeah. After weigh ins. Yeah, yeah. The day of the fight or day before the fight. Um, he weighed in at 126, and by fight night, he was 146. Wow. He, he gained 20 pounds. That's a 16% increase. Anything over 10% is flagged by the commission, and anything more than 16% is a violation, mm. um, which I thought was interesting because we don't really see anybody bringing this up except for California. Yeah. I mean, in this sense. I mean, he looked good. I yeah. mean, he won, right? But, I don't. but we see so many big fighters like yeah. who just look huge. I mean, you talk about like a Alex Pereira or like a Michael Chan. Or like Some of these guys seem like they get huge, but I've never seen it a bit brought up before. So he yeah. pretty much gained 20 pounds in a about a, a day yeah mm-hmm. right probably less than 24 hours yeah. yeah it's a lot i don't know how that does on your but didn't they say they recommend him moving up like they're not gonna make no they're him. saying he he'll his next fight has to be up if Kinda it's like in a, california yeah. though it's like a yeah they won't sanction him to fight at 25 yeah. it's kind of a silly rule i don't like that rule it's yeah, interesting it is I don't know. like it i said it's interesting because i've never seen those stats for any other fighters yeah. it's never really been brought i think up they should be allowed to gain however much they can or you need to just they should have a weigh-ins to fight the night of if you're going to yeah. give it do it that way. To put it into perspective, uh, Dominique Cruz weighed in at 35 and weighed 154 uh, fight night. Uh, that's that's 19 pounds. Right. So why wasn't he flagged? Because it was it was at 14, anything over 16. 10%, after 10%, it's a flag, but after mm. 16%, it's a violation. He was okay. at 14%. It's interesting. Uh, but, it, but he was only a pound off? Yeah. So yeah. that one pound yeah. makes up for 2%. Is yeah. that what we're saying? That's what it sounds like. Yes, the, that's, the, 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 that's interesting. The smallest gain was uh, Brzezinski, the dude who beat... Um, ooh, who did he beat? The other... Damn, I can't remember who. Oh, Boudet. He um he weighed in at three sixty or two sixty three and he fought at two forty so he had the mm. smallest gain. It's interesting, but it's just something that we just never seen brought up. And when we talk about weight classes, we've talked about possibly needing to add more and stuff like that. The fact that they're bringing this up now sure. is interesting. That's all I got on the news for you, fellas. Brandon, you ready? I'm ready. Facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. Oh yeah. Hold on, I thought this was my segment. With your host, Brandon. That's my point. I know MMA. What I'm saying is it's overhyped, it's overrated. He doesn't give a damn about your feelings. You're reacting on feelings. I'm reacting on facts. Anderson Silva is one of the most overrated fighters of all time. Brandon's world famous facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. I'm going to take some words from Ben Shapiro here. Facts don't care about your feelings. I'm going to have to take that Anderson Silva line out. 
Yeah. It just pisses me off every time I hear it. <laughs> it still makes me. I feel like we need to shoot like a skit video of him doing saying all these things to like little kids at a table. <laughs> Listen, I know MMA. <laughs> That's my point. I know MMA. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. Okay. Take us away. So the reason that I wanted you guys to do the news first was because I wanted to talk about T Ferg. I wanted to. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm going to make that nice. my my facts. Don't all care. Right. So I wanted you to say whatever you guys were going to say because what I'm about to say is. Not that positive. All right. So, so you're going Dominique Cruz route. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jacob's probably going to be mad again. Well, here we go. Tony Ferguson is 0-4 in his last four. He lost most recently to Michael Chandler, Benil Darius, Charles Oliveira, and Justin Gagey. Worth noting, one of them is the current champ. The other one was ranked number two. Darius is up there number four. And then um, Chandler, obviously, he's Michael Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said... I think the loss to Justin Gaethje was a very important moment in Tony Ferguson's career because up to that point, he was on that 12, 13 fight win streak. Massively, or fantastic win streak up to that point. Mm-hmm. But Habib actually said something after that. He said he'll never be the same after that mm, fight. That's a good point. And since then, he's been on the skid. Now he's going up a weight class. Now, granted, he's fought at 170 before, right? His t- t- ultimate fighter um, yeah. winner mm-hmm. was season 13. He was welterweight. But I want to read you who we beat. So you, you want you guys to tell me okay. what, what you can remember about these guys. Okay? I remember, but yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I remember that season. So he made his debut in the 13. Oh, wait, hang on. Coaches were Lesnar and Carwin, I believe. No, yeah, Lesnar uh, and Dos Santos. Lesnar. I don't remember who the opposing coach was. Yeah, it would be Dos Santos. Yeah. Look how far they take him down. Okay. So he was the third pick for Team Lesnar. And in his first fight, he defeated Justin Edwards by knockout in the first round. Next fight, he beat Ryan McGilvery. In the quarterfinals, Legend. won by TKO so in the first round. Names. He then faced Chuck O'Neill in the semifinals and won by TKO in the third round to get to the finals. He made his UFC debut at the Ultimate Fighter 13 finale against Ramsey Najim mm. to determine the winner of the Ultimate Fighter 13. I went back and looked at these guys. The most notable win that I could find of all of them was this Ramsey, Ramsey that he beat. Yeah. He had he's he stuck around for a while, but never. Yeah, he beat Dariush. That's yeah. the biggest win I could find sure. on his. That was back win. in 2014. Early though. Yeah, 2014. Early, yeah. So, I say all that to say Tony Ferguson moving up to welterweight, where he has fought before, but looked pretty small in the Ultimate Fighter to face a guy in the Leech. Mm-hmm. Leechingling is your is your de- not really a debut at 170, but your return to 170 in the Ultimate Fighter after four losses in a row at 36 years old, 30, wherever he is, 36, 37. I don't have high hopes. He's gonna he's gonna go in there. I have a feeling he'll look okay, but I'm fairly confident he's going to get crushed and i i think that we're going to see the end of tony after mm-hmm. this i understand there's a chance he goes in there and he darces him and he does what he does but i have a feeling this is the 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 swan song the end of the habib killer i 100 percent agree <laughs> I, mean, I, <laughs> I i feel like yeah i i mean the leisure lang hung is as credible of a welterweight as you can find. I mean, this, like I said, we've talked about it after who did he just beat? Ponsonibio? Who did he just beat? Um, he the, beat the no. Russian. He yeah. Beat, I, think it was, I can't think of his name. Oh, what was his name? Yeah. Um, he He's a legit welterweight, and he's had tough matchups. I think, like I said, I think what killed Li Jilin was that Hamzat fight. Sure. But it's Hamzat. Yeah, he's probably not on that level, but... He's a legit welterweight, man. He's very good. He's well, very well-rounded. And, you know, you especially, Brandon, have talked about once guys start trying to go up, trying to go down, mm-hmm. and they're playing this game, we have just not really seen I, that work out. I was, Gosh. my plan last night, because I was thinking about it last night, was to do, I was going to get a percentage to tell you guys what the, uh, maybe I'll do it, I'll bring it to you next week. Um, I was going to look at the percentage um, of wins for people who transition weight classes, whether that specifically up, because that's what he's doing sure. um, over the past year, and tell you, but I I was tired, so I didn't do that. But I'll yeah. bring that for you next time, mm-hmm. um, because I really don't think it's very successful. Because um, they put out those stats a lot, um, but yeah, I think for the most part, when guys go up in weight class, the the wins don't typically translate. So, like yeah. most notably, Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold, Gustafsson. Um, yeah. uh, there's there's a bunch of them. There's a few that go up and do okay. Um, mm-hmm. Look at all your heavyweight transitions. Like it, all that went down. Whitaker. Uh, Burns, yeah, those are two guys specifically. Who came up, yeah. yeah, there's a, and there's a hand, there's a few, but, but there's them. something with those guys where it's like they were struggling to make the weight two at their weight class right. to begin with, right. which you can 
definitely see affects performance. So like, but for a guy like Tony, where it's like, I mean, he seems to make it pretty yeah, comfortable. He's, he's going to be he's been hot pockets and kicking like, he's, light yeah. poles. He's been <laughs> fighting at fifty five pretty much for ten years. Yeah, and he's old. I mean, he's going up. That's a good thing. But he, I just he's. I don't know that he's going to look very... Yeah, he may look big. I don't know. Like, I was trying to look at his Instagram. I really don't think he has one. I just tried to look again. I'll I find pull it. it up. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man. It's that's Tony the Tiger that's 69. My take. And all, all of this is to say, I, I do want to put some respect on Tony Ferguson's name. That dude oh, was a sure. monster. That run okay? he went on. He, I mean, Rafael Dos Anjos, Donald Cerrone, Anthony yeah. Pettis, um, Kevin Ar- uh, Edson Barbosa. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has some crazy wins yeah. leading up Wasn't to Wasn't it a nine-fight win streak that 12. he went on? Twelve. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. All respect. And then four yeah. fights uh, rescheduled. Yeah, Habib. that was the whole thing. He that, that's him probably going to be tied to him for the rest of yeah. his life. Well, I I think the best way to, is exactly what you said, Habib said. I mean, that I didn't even think about that. Like, I kind of forgot that he had said that after that Gaethje mm-hmm. fight. But, man, that's – and it has just been so true. He has never, ever looked – because who did he fight right after that? Charles Oliveira. Yeah, and yeah. he came out, and everybody was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is not Tony. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it was so no, – You've seen the little Tony first round against Chandler. He looked good in that yeah, first round. That's fair. He did. Second look, round got sent to the shadow round. Yeah, just slept. Yeah, but no, I I don't disagree with you, man. Yeah. I, I think what you're gonna say. Yeah, I was just saying. I, I feel like I'm gonna be watching like BJ Penn's last couple of fights. Where you're just like, oh, and he like something I think too with him. If you go back and watch his career, Tony gets hit, man. Like yeah. he is a tough guy. He's been through it. Lee's um, not the guy you want to just be hitting. Yeah, and so he's just a good mixed martial artist. He's yeah. good everywhere too. Mm-hmm. So I just think a lot of it too is in the gauge. He was just kind of the icing on the cake. Just a, a career yeah. of toughness. It catches up to you, man. And yeah. you know, time's undefeated. And I think that's part of where we're at. So, yeah. and as fans, it's it's kind of interesting for us to kind of see some of these guys who were yeah. top of the food chain start to like look deteriorate. Yeah, start to yeah. get on their way out. And now we gotta start ushering in new people. Real quick before we move on on Justin Gaethje, did you guys see his interview where he last night where he uh, spoke to the media after UFC 278 uh, Oliveira. and talked about getting punched by Oliveira? So they asked him, "What's it like getting punched by Oliveira?" And I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he said something to the extent of, "You know, you get hit, it's like a flash or a knock." He said, "Getting punched like Oliveira is like putting your tongue on a high-powered battery." He said it buzzed. It buzzes you like. So like, he's never felt that in the cage. Never before. felt anything wow. like it before. For him to say that, that's interesting. He said he was hurt within the first ten seconds, and he said he got hurt bad like six other times. I feel like he's one of those guys. He's ge- he's just so genuinely honest yeah, about his fights. Yeah. Like he's a good one to watch. He and was that way with Habib, and then any other loss he's had, he's pretty mm-hmm. open. I just thought that was interesting. That is that is very like a hi- hypercharged battery. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So it's like putting your tongue on a, ba- a high charge battery. Got to get there. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the <laughs> Islam fight. Uh, John, song of the week. What do you got uh, for us? Song of the week. I'm going to pick. Um, got to recover. Yeah. Yeah. God, you can't can't go lower. <laughs> can't get any worse. I'm going to go with, um, how would you feel if I did Outcast International Players? No, that's great. Okay, yeah. That's my favorite song. No, it's my a, birthday. That's a great song. Okay, good. I think it's a great song. Uh, Brandon, what is your one for the people? One for the people. Um, I'm not. I learned today. I'm not a big fan of birthday parties. Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel decided fine. today. I had. I I went to a little. It was a kids' birthday party, mm-hmm. so that's probably a little yeah. different. But um, as yeah. a dad, <laughs> as a dad, birthday parties are not as Stressful. fun as they used to be. Stressful. Yeah, yeah just kind of following kids around, eating crappy food. It was. Did anybody yeah. match my gift from last year with the nunchucks? <laughs> No, there was quite a few like some little like kid daggers and swords floating around, but those were not gifts. So I'm gonna say no. Your nunchucks were floating around. Kids were just showing up with shanks in their. Oh, well, it was at a house, so they were <laughs> oh, okay. they were just already there. Yeah, I brought my <laughs> knives. <laughs> you can tell me hey, it's Game of Thrones, man. People bring your own ready. sword. Yeah, John. Yeah, were any of them Valerian steel by chance? Do what? Were any of them Valerian steel by no, chance? No, oh, darn it, John. What is your one for the people? My one for the people is just um. In, enjoy life celebrate it uh, in my birthday it's you know as you get older you see a lot more people you know pass away um we've we've had seen it happen locally with some people we work with and stuff like that so yeah just enjoy uh enjoy watching people live instead of thinking about people die that's my thing yeah nothing about house of the dragon no i'm, I'm just gonna enjoy that later all you, right. you kind of gave that all to shine early and shined over my birthday so fair enough fair enough uh yeah i mean i've got i could do a lot here i've I missed a week um new york yeah, oh. we could probably do a podcast on that. <laughs> New York's interesting, man. It, I, I equate it to like Vegas, where you know, uh, like I left Vegas and I was like, I'd be okay if I never came back here, but it was a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do want to go back to Vegas now, though. But, like, I think New York's one of those things. You do that, like, once every five or ten years. Right. <laughs> like, it's a lot, man. Yeah. Like, we did almost so much to where, like, we were just thinking the other day, like, we forgot some of the stuff we did. <laughs> um, but uh, I could literally do a whole podcast about my New York trip. It was great. Don't right. get me wrong. It was a great trip. Uh, but just saw a lot of great things, not Lego so World. great things. Huh? Did you go to that Legoland or whatever? Yep. Yeah, we went to Legoland. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it's in New York is just it is its own beautiful How was the food? beast. Oh. Another podcast, never mind. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you don't miss. Yeah. You can go anywhere and it's like authentic 100%. Like you go to a Mexican restaurant, it's Mexican. Right. Italian restaurant, they're Italian. I mean, it's just beautiful. Nice. I ate some of the best food I've had in my life. New York is amazing. It's just it's it's its own beast. Right. <laughs> when you're from Indiana, you're not ready for it entirely, but I would highly recommend it. Um yeah, uh, one thing I do want to bring up, I talked to these guys about it yesterday because I think we do want to be as transparent with people that listen to this podcast as possible. There, So without getting too boring into like work logistics stuff, mm. um, I recently got put on a the second shift at my job um, due to like some changes at work. Um, and unfortunately, my job is also forcing six days a week right now. Um, my wife uh, works a normal job, a normal nine to five. Um, so we are not seeing each other <laughs> currently at the yeah. moment. Um, and with working six days, that only is going to leave one day, mm-hmm. Sundays, which is when we re- record our podcast for us to see each other. Um, so I told these guys last night, I feel like I, I owe it to tell the people that listen is I'm probably going to be missing some episodes here and there coming up. Um, it's it's not an easy decision for me to make. And I, I hope it's not. I'm going to try to just hopefully make it one a month. Um, I told you guys and, and I will still be involved. Like I'm still going to help these guys produce and then do all these stuff, edit the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a chance that from now, you know, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully not long. I don't know. I'm at the discretion of my job moving me to a different area. Just doesn't know. Don't know how long that could take. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a chance from now until I announce otherwise that I probably am going to miss at least one a month. Um, but it just is what it is. I, I can't. Jobs. Yeah, Mm. I can't. This, this podcast unfortunately isn't making us money yet to where I could, uh, not go and do that so it is what it is um and and i'm we're just gonna have to deal with it um yeah so and as john said man like um he kind of hinted at it but you know some people that that we kind of know or or, um acquainted of um took their lives this past week i say two in the past week so um we say it and i think we'd be doing a disservice to those people to not even say it when we know is we talk about it a lot but just talk to somebody, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and our, our inbox is always open at neon belly podcast. If you feel like you need somebody to talk to Brandon literally does this for yeah, a he's job. A professional. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but if nothing else, Brandon could, could guide you to some help, right? I'll get you some resources. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You could get some resources. We could get some numbers. We could, we could get people probably some help or at least right. somebody to talk to. So, um, reach out to somebody, man, if you're going through it, um, it, it just, it sucks. It really does suck. So I don't want to end on a super negative note. So I will say house of the dragon. Happy birthday, John. <laughs> Thank ha- you. And happy Appreciate birthday, John. Uh, 32 years, right? Yep. 32. No, it's 32. I was Dang. just joking with you earlier. There it is. We're glad. We're glad. We're glad John stuck it out another year. Yeah. You got one more in you, John. Uh, hopefully that's what the people want to know. Yeah, I'm hoping I can at least get to like 42 or something. <laughs> 42 at least. <laughs> at least 42, should, man. Should, should probably aim a little higher. Yeah. Uh, but that is it, folks. I will be back next week for sure. So make sure you come mm-hmm. back. We will be here. Um, no fights yeah, this we gotta, week. We're going to have to scramble some stuff together. Yep, no fights this week. So we will have a game or something. I've, I've got an idea for one. Yeah. So come back. and We will see you then. Matt Talk teaser. Mm. Peace. Bye.